Praise the Lord. You know, as we were worshiping there, the Lord brought a scripture to my mind. And I'd like you to turn there. It's in Isaiah. Chapter 45. Verse 3. This may be something foreign to you. And as we consider what the Spirit was talking to us about this morning, about being having our hope in God, trusting in Him to get us through the difficult times, There's a scripture in the Bible that talks about um, that the righteous, the Bible says, the righteous will live by faith. Think about that. The righteous will live by faith. So according to the opposite of that would be the righteous will live by sight. Okay. And herein lies the problem. We have our life, we have our world that we live in. And we see all the things that are going on around us. And those things can be scary. They can be joyful. They can be so many different things. But when they're scary, when they're troublesome, when they're painful, if we keep our eyes on the things around us, we are easily overcome. But if we keep our eyes... On Christ the Lord. If we live by faith, trusting in His promises, He is the one that carries us through. And He promises that we will get through it. The Bible says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But that scripture goes on to say that God will deliver them from them all. God will deliver them from them all. In Isaiah chapter 45, verse 3, listen to what this says. I will give you hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places, so that you may know that I am the Lord. Treasures in darkness, when we think of treasure, we, we think of gold and silver or maybe things that were buried on a remote island or uh, things that are, went down with the Titanic or various pirate ships, things like that, you know. And, um, but that's not necessarily what this is talking about. It is a reference, of course. It is a visual aid, of course, to the readers. But there are certain treasures that we can find in, hidden in the darkness, in the secret places that we can't find anywhere else. And God is showing us that in the dark places of our lives, the secret places where we can't tell what way to go. Have you ever been in a place where you don't know what way to go? Okay, You're not sure what decision to make. And sometimes God withholds 
direction. God withholds his will. God withholds his voice. Why does God do that? Why does God do that? Well, what happens when God withholds from us what we need? It forces us to look to him. It forces us to press in deeper. It forces us to listen closer, doesn't it? And it forces us to look, to constantly be looking. It forces us to pray more, to pray harder, to pray, in fact, differently. Do you understand? There are treasures that we can find in darkness that we can't find anywhere else. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God will deliver them from them all. We have this hope, the Bible says in Hebrews, as an anchor for our soul. I want to find that. Let's turn to Hebrews, I think it's chapter 4. Oh, this is this one. Uh, Hebrews 4, 16, it says, Then let us approach the throne, uh, God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us when? In our time of need. Let us come boldly, boldly before the throne of grace. We don't need to come sheepishly. We don't need to come cowering. Why? Because he is our father, of which in Romans it says that we can call him daddy. Daddy. There's a close relationship there. Do you see that? We can call him our daddy. And because of that close relationship, we can come right up to him and in a sense, just like a child would do, crawl right up on their daddy's lap. There is no hindrance between us and him. When Christ Jesus died on the cross, the veil of the temple was torn in two. That very thing that separated the holy of holies from all the rest of us was torn in two. And now because of the blood of Christ Jesus, we can enter in to his presence with boldness and confidence. We are no longer kept outside. He is beckoning us to come in. And so we can call him daddy. And it says here, let us then approach the throne of grace, God's throne of grace, with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And that scripture is, I believe it's in Hebrews as well, but um, I think it's right around here someplace, but it says, this hope we have as an anchor for our souls. 619. Let's look that up. Thanks, brother. Yes. Chapter 619 of Hebrews says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. (laughs) Listen to this. Wow. It enters the inner sanctuary behind 
what? The curtain. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. We have this hope. What hope do we have? Well, I hope I'm going to get through it all, but I'm not really sure. No, that's not the hope we're talking about. We're, hope, we're talking about the hope that is our soul is rescued in, in Christ Jesus the Lord. He is our hope. That's the hope that we're talking about. Our hope is in Christ the Lord. Our hope is in the blood of Jesus and the cross. We're coming up to Easter here, friends. And Jesus' 33 and a half year life was coming to an end by his own decision. He willingly gave himself on the cross of Calvary a criminal's death. He took on flesh and blood, though he was the perfect Son of God, the only begotten of the Father, the Bible says. He gave himself as a sacrifice once for all. One time for all. Hallelujah. And because of that sacrifice that he made, we are now set free from our sin and we can enter in to the holy of holies right into the presence of God. We don't have to go to a synagogue. We don't have to go to some other place to find God. Why? Because he has placed his very spirit, his Holy Spirit within us. The Bible says that our our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. He lives in us. That is why we are to keep our bodies pure. To be careful what we take into our bodies. Not only what we eat, but what other things that we do. Think about that. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. If we're taking in things that are unholy, what do you think our bodies are going to be like? What do you think our bodies are going to be like? But because of this hope, we have this hope in Christ Jesus the Lord as an anchor for our souls. And you've heard me talk about this before, but that anchor on a ship is just so vitally important. It could mean life or death for those that are on that ship. All right? And most importantly, those, those anchors are to keep the ships where? In a, place por- in a safe port. In a harbor, if you will. A place that is designed for ships to where the big waves of the ocean and the sea can't get into that place. They're protected. They're safe. They're secure. If the anchors were not there, the current would carry those ships out into the sea where the wind and the waves could buffet them and toss them where they may. And yet, that anchor keeps them in the harbor the safety of the harbor. And this reference is talking about that very thing, that our souls have an anchor in Christ Jesus the Lord that no matter what may come in our lives, we are safe and secure in the hands in the harbor of Christ Jesus. We are safe in the harbor of Christ Jesus. Friends, the Lord is speaking to you today. 
The Lord is speaking to you. And he wants you to know that regardless of the things that you have experienced in your lives, and I don't care if you're young or you're old, the things that happen in your life that would cause you to fear or that would cause you to be bitter or angry or that would hurt you so deeply, God is in control. And he wants to help you through those things. He wants to carry you if necessary. The Bible says that God is nearer than our own breath. The breath in our lungs. The Bible says that there is a a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He is our hope and our salvation. And this hope we have as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It's not going to let go. It's not, listen to this now. It's not going to let go when the storms come. When the storms come, that's when the anchor does its job. It's firm and it's secure. You may be going through difficult times in your life right now, It may be financial, it may be emotional, it may be physical, and you can fill in the blank. But all it is, is it's painful. And you don't know how to fix it. God, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those three young Jewish boys, God will be with you in the fire. God will be with you in your times of need. He will not abandon you. He will be your anchor for your soul when the storms of your life rage out of control. He will be that anchor if you will allow him. And that's the thing. Many times I have seen, and even in my own life, sometimes we feel like God's not answering God's not hearing what I'm saying. He doesn't hear my prayers. He's not taking me out of the pain, the suffering. Then you need to trust him right where you're at. Sometimes we feel like we just want to say, all right, enough with you. I am so done with God. I'm done with the whole God conversation. I'm done with it. He's not doing what I want. He's not answering my prayers. I'm done. And some of you here, we can relate to that. Yeah? But I want you to know, I want you to know that God hears your prayers. And trust me, he sees your every need and he sees your every tear. And you know what? He sees your anger. He sees your anger. And he's okay with that. He's okay with that because he's our daddy. He gets it. But I'll tell you one thing. He will never leave you nor forsake you. That's his promise. Never leave you nor forsake you, especially in those bad times. And you know what? Sometimes in those bad times, we just want to say, all right, enough with you, God. But those are the very times that we need to press in and pray harder and seek his face. And get on our knees and cry if we need to. But don't push him away. He's the only one that can help. 
If we push him away, who else do we have? Who else do we have to run to? The Bible talks about God being a fortress in times of trouble and that the righteous run into this fortress and they're safe. The righteous run into that fortress of Christ Jesus, the Lord, and we're saved because of that. The Bible references God as our rampart, that river sort of thing that's around a big castle, if you will. You remember the big drawbridge, boom, that goes down over that rampart. That rampart is deep, and any enemies that come, they got to cross over that, and they're going to get taken out. God is our rampart around the fortress. And the righteous, you and me, we can run into that fortress and escape. We can run there and we're safe because that's where God is. I don't know where you are today. I don't know what you're experiencing. I don't know what it is that's going on in your life. I don't know what your past is like. I don't know what hurts you have endured. But I know one thing. God is calling out to you today. God is calling out to you today. And he's reaching out, in a sense. He's reaching out his hand and saying, listen, my baby girl, my boy, come to me. Let me help you. Let me help you. I want to help you. I want you to come to me. I want you to talk with me. I want you, even though you're angry, to talk with me. Don't reject me. God is moving in his spirit in this place this morning. And when God moves, he expects a response. I want to talk to you about something here. Last week, God was doing some miraculous things, wasn't he? We talked about a church in Guatemala. Forgive me as I reference a few things here. Um, that was in need, didn't we? And we talked about that they had people in that church and they couldn't build anymore. There was no room for it. They're on the side of a mountain and there was the other property, right? Right? And so we committed ourselves together to doing something about that. And we figured that the property was worth, they were selling it for $2,000. Okay? And the other churches said that we will come up with this amount of money, I think it was five or $600, give or take. And we needed to come up, or maybe less than that. But we needed to come up with about 1500 bucks, give or take. All right? And we made the decision that we were going to commit to each other and commit ourselves to this work. As of right now, this morning, you all, we all, gave $2,887. (laughs) 
$2,887 to this work, to the work of God. So obviously that's way more than we needed. So we have a choice here. We can either put all of that money in and, um, oh, thanks for sharing that picture. That picture, I'm telling you, is going to go down in the history books of Alabama Full Gospel. That one right there. I get chills when I see that. So anyways, um, we have more than what we needed to come up with. So we can do a couple of different things. And so I'm just going to present this to you. So we can either take some, give them the money that um, they needed to build the church, and we can take the rest of it and put it towards our own project, or we can take all of that money and actually have a part in building that church. What say ye? <laughs> okay. I was hoping you'd say that. <laughs> yeah. Can we just... Can we just give God a round of applause? Yeah? Can we stand up and do that for God today? Yeah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. You may be seated. All right. So, we're committing ourselves to this work knowing that we've got work here to do, all right? So we're, we're going to have to kind of do the same thing here for our own projects, but I, I think that this is the right thing to do. And uh, trust me, this is how our whole church has been built. We talked about it last week, that when we continue to give to, to missions like this, extending the kingdom of God to places that would not be reached had we not been there. Amen. 37 of these churches all over the mountains of Guatemala are springing up. Yeah. And more and more people are coming down from the mountains. You can't even see their houses in the mountains. But you'll, once in a while, you'll see people coming down these little foot trails to a central location for a service. It's something to see. So friends, I, I thank you and I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. In, in the scriptures, Paul relates to one of the churches, and I can't remember offhand which one it was, but he says to you, I'm pr- basically saying, I'm proud of you because you gave even though you don't have a lot to give. And I think that's kind of our situation. We don't have a lot to give. We're not like super highly educated people or lots of money to just throw around. That's not us. That's not our church, okay? But everything that we have has come from God's hand because of our commitment to places like Guatemala. And the fruit that is coming from those ministries is unbelievable. I hope, if not only to show you pictures of it, to take maybe some of you there someday. I would like to do that. That's a big, that's a big task. And it's a sacrifice. It's not easy. But with God, all things are possible. And so I wonder, think about this. People in the mountains of Guatemala, they're poor. Some of them don't have shoes. 
Okay. And there is quite a range from the mountains to the city. To the city, people will wear clothes like we would wear. All right. But up in the mountains, they wear the traditional Indian clothing. And some have shoes, some don't. Some have dirt floors. Some have cement floors. Some um, have a plat, uh, like wooden slat house. Some are, back when we started, they were bamboo and dirt, bamboo and mud. And we've got pictures of it. Unbelievable. So it runs the gamut, but mostly where we are is way up in the mountains where mostly no other missionaries go. And so we're reaching people. So think about this. As these people, these precious Guatemalan people, see Americans come over there, all right, and we stand out like a sore thumb. The whiteness of our face just shows up because all of them are dark. Dark hair. You, I don't know if I've ever seen a blonde-haired Guatemalan person, right? And it was a joke. Where's Luis? It was a joke when we were there because our driver, which is the brother of... I don't even know how to explain this to you. Um, a relation of Sister Edna's, okay? Her... What is that, a brother-in-law? I'm not really sure. But he ended up being our driver this time. And he had blue eyes. He had blue eyes. And I remember going into one of the churches, and this little five-year-old girl, she comes, she grabs my face like this. And she says, you have blue eyes. She'd never seen blue eyes. Never seen blue eyes, okay? Anyways... I digress. So we go up into these mountains, and here are these people. They're thanking us for coming. Thank you for bringing the word. Thank you for helping us with this church. What do you think it says to them when we're able to do this? Do you think that that shows the love of Christ Jesus to them? When they didn't ask for it? And yet God is sending somebody from way far away to tell them about him. To tell them how much God loves them. What a demonstration of God's grace and love that he would send us to them. Amen? And because of them, our commitment to them and our missionaries, we are blessed. Amen? And this hope that we have as an anchor for our soul, we are bringing that to other people. Not just here in, in, in our little community, in our little church. We're taking that to our community as well as we work with PACT and other different things. We're taking it outside of our building, fulfilling the Great Commission as, the, as we have called this, as just a name for it, the Great Commission, the commission of what? God telling us to go into all the nations of the world and make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them how to follow God. And that's what we do. That's what we do. 
We have pastors over there that need to be taught. We have pastors over there that need the Word of God. They need to be taught how to be a pastor. And so we are able to do those things with these people. And so, friends, would you just stand with me today? (laughs) I'm just, I'm in awe at what God is doing, and I'm, I'm just so honored to be a small part of that. It's exciting when God moves. It's exciting when God moves and we respond. And so I want to let you know today that wherever you are in your life, whatever you are experiencing that you feel is painful in some way, that God is aware of it. Nothing escapes his view. He is your heavenly father, and he is aware of all the things that are going on in your life. He will not abandon you. He will not leave you alone. But he is asking that you trust him.